the kingdom of God. There are times that we don't notice what God is doing, let alone what he has done. If we are so focused on inward and we are not paying attention to what God is doing, let alone what God has done, we certainly will not know what God will do, especially for us. Today is Christ the King Sunday. Our text is John chapter 18, 33 to 37, which has been announced in red. You may be seated. Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday of the church year. It is the culmination of the entire life of Christ and of his church. It is the celebration of Christ's return with every person who has ever lived throughout history will be raised from the dead and that the Lord will separate all the unbelievers from the believers and those who believe in him he will gather to himself as his own people so that every tongue confess and every knee bow that Christ is Lord. This is to be a joyful event, but for many, it is scary. You ever go ahead and read through the whole book of Revelation? Reading it for the first time can be quite scary, especially as you see all the events that are leading up to Christ's rule, revealing and showing that he has conquered sin, death, and the power of the devil. But you don't have to read the book of Revelation to be scared about the end. Many books have been written, many movies have been produced without even acknowledging that Jesus, let alone God, exists. Even public policy addressing issues of human overpopulation and climate change have sounded the alarm that humanity is in trouble. We look. We wonder, we may even question if God really is in control. The alarming news can be deafening. And yet when you hear it so much, you may be lulled or even choose to be oblivious to your surroundings, keeping your nose in your phone. It doesn't look like Christ is in control. It doesn't look like Christ is king, nor did it look at the time of Pontius Pilate. Today we hear that Jesus is before Pontius Pilate. It looks like Pilate's in control and that the Jewish religious leaders are getting their way. Jesus himself is bound as he's taken away and judged by the high priest's court and then presented before Pilate. Even Jesus' closest disciples like Peter want to disassociate from Jesus. Now I wonder, how would the world really know? For Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. With such words, Pilate could have easily dismissed any interest in Jesus. He certainly dismissed Jesus for having any guilt of being a threat to him, to his rule, or even the rule of the Roman Empire. This should have been a nice, easy, minor case just to get rid of, fade into history, forgotten, 
and everyone went about their own way. And yet, today, the knowledge of Jesus has reached into every part of history, the Bible being one of the most published books throughout history. Even people who reject him refuse to acknowledge his existence, even atheists know and talk about Jesus. Yet we read that Jesus is bound. Pilate's in charge. The Jewish leaders have made their charge hostile to Jesus. So also we live in a society that's hostile to Christ. Yet with increasing hostility, even more people know about Jesus. But his reign, his rule, his work, the work of his kingdom seems so hidden and unnoticed. Many doubt, even deny, that Jesus is ruling, that Jesus himself is the king. And yet we read in the scriptures that Christ, that God has broken into history. The rule of God has broken into history and continues to break into our time, into the lives of people. The eyes of faith are being op created and opened. Did you hear? Did you see in the text of the Gospel of John? Pilate said to Jesus, so you're a king? As I looked to translate those words, I struggled. The grammar doesn't tell you if it's a question, excuse me, the punctuation is not in the original text. Is it a question? Is it a statement? The grammar seems to suggest that Pilate is giving an affirming answer to the question. And then we look at Pilate's, or excuse me, Jesus' words. You say that I am king. If, Pilate, if Pilate's answer to Jesus is met with such a statement of Jesus, why translate it as a question? And so as you look over translations, you'll find it both ways. You see, there's such a tension between what Pilate wants to do and the words of Jesus. Pilate's wife has said, have nothing to do with the man. Pilate finds Jesus falsely accused and innocent in regards to the Roman law. He wants to run. He wants to wash his hands of the whole deal. This bound and accused Jesus pulls Pilate along to acknowledge Jesus as a king? And Pilate will. He can either do it now and rejoice when the Lord returns, or he can be forced to when Jesus returns as the king of kings. Jesus will visibly show his reign over sin, death, and the power of the devil, raising all from the dead, separating unbelievers from believers in him, bringing all believers to himself as his people and making all things new. Christ the King is what we are to live by faith today, even if it doesn't look like it. Even if it hasn't looked like that for a long time, 
Christ is king, now, yet not seen. Consider how gentle Jesus is with this Roman governor who has his life in his hands. Pilate, who was once oblivious, has become a smoldering wick, a bruised reed, confessing, almost believing. There is no force to make Pilate say what he says or even believe. For this Jesus is bound. He is, and he looks like a human being. Nothing powerful, authoritative, or almighty about this Jesus. Yet he is ruling. He is ruling by the kingdom of grace that is forgiving, gentle, inviting to believe. He is who he is and who he says he is. A grace that is so, that is so resistible but so engaging that Pilate cannot deny that it is there. This is the rule and the reign of Jesus by the kingdom of grace, so unlike his kingdom of power. In creation, he spoke and it was. As he walked this earth, he, spoke, he speaks and it is, as he healed many. And yet today, we will hear Jesus speak about the bread and the wine and a scientist will go ahead and examine the elements and see there is no cells of a body or corpuscles of blood. And yet Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood for the forgiveness of sins. These words, so resistible that many deny that they're true or attempt to explain them away, and yet faith hears and sees and believes what Jesus says. Yes, the kingdom of grace is so hidden that many look towards baptism the same way. They see a man going ahead and pouring water or sprinkling or even immersing a baby. And we hear the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the same baby that went into baptism is the same baby that comes out of baptism. The baby still will go ahead and cry, be hungry. It'll still fill its diaper. It still will have terrible twos and even worse threes. And some by human fear don't want to make this baptism a mockery and so they say we must have a dedication and wait until they can decide on their own making baptism their work and not God's. Such thinking resists the kingdom of grace in baptism. And yet baptism, yet faith sees in baptism that God is making this child his very own, dead to sin and raised to new life in Christ, living now what is not yet seen, for by faith, the baptized live believing that Christ is king. Oh yes, the kingdom of grace is so hidden. But here, many guilty and guilty-ridden souls and bodies feeling the shame hear the words, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you, as we heard Pastor Harvilla declare. And in the stead, 
And by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. Our experience wants to deny it. Our feelings want to reject it. Our thoughts even think it repulsive to give up some kind of justice of our own. Some even reject the power of forgiveness, saying pastors ought not to say such things and do not have such a power. But they deny the very word of Christ in John chapter 20, verse 23, and other places. Yet faith hears and rejoices, living in the now what is not yet seen, that indeed Christ is king and rules over sin, even my sin and yours. He rules over human accusations. He rules of our own accusations. He rules over Satan's accusations. Sin against God has been paid for in full by the crucified Christ and confirmed by his resurrection and his ascension. For in Jesus, you once again carry the image of God wherever you are. There is the rule and the reign of Christ the King. Now go ahead and take out your phone. Really, it's okay to take out your phone in church. And I want you to look at it. And as you look at it, I want you to think that this is a part of God's creation. And you are made to rule over it not it to rule over you. What does it look like? What does the rule of God look like when you use that phone? And after the service, you're going to go home? That is your place, your temporary Garden of Eden where God dwells, however imperfect it may be. It is a part of God's creation. And in Christ, you are made to rule over it and to say, God rules here. What does it look like? What does God's rule look like as you live there? When you go to work, when you go to school, God's rule is there. You carry it in your own being. That's what your baptism says. You are to work in and care for God's creation in what you find your hands to do and the words to speak and the people that you come in contact with. What does the rule of God look like right there? When Christ the King returns in all His glory, it will be celebrating for all of us who live by faith, for all of us who are living in the now, not yet of this present life, for Christ is King. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.